Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're listening to Sick and Wrong. Perfect. <laughs> so you can bank on that. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, the other host. What's up there, Wackerly? How's it going? Not too good, actually. I Just when I was coming over here, I'm coming out of the BART, and I don't know if I can explain this very well, but you know how the BART at Powell, the station, when you come out of the stairs, you're kind of like in that well? It's like below the level of the sidewalk. Well, yeah, you got to take the escalator down. It's kind of submerged. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're coming I mean, up, yeah, you get it. So the city workers, you know, they spray off the sidewalk where Dude, there's I like hate, the bum piss and the bird that. shit. So, but the guy's spraying like, you know, like 15 feet above where everybody's coming out of the BART. But the wind is like carrying the water spray, like sort of <laughs> misting everybody's faces. Did you get coated with like pigeon stool? Yeah, and and I think the wind must have just shifted because I, I'm looking around like, is anybody else noticing this? And everybody has that same look, like instant of revelation on their face that I'm having at that same time, and like looking up and being like, oh my god, and like covering their face with their shirt as they walk out. Dude, I, I can't believe the guy would continue to spray the pavement during rush hour. I assume because it must have been around like six. Well, like like I said, I think the wind had just shifted, so this phenomenon had just start. Maybe he's maybe somebody said something to him an instant later, but I'm probably gonna have SARS now. Dude, it's a disgusting BART station though. That that little area. First of all, homeless people sleep in that area. I don't yeah. know. They, they sit and there and they crack sleep and, and shoot they're up. refuse and they're filth. And then, and then on top of that, I don't know if you've ever been there at like one in the morning when you come out of the bar, but there's, there are rats everywhere throughout. I mean, there's like the rats live in the bushes right yeah. next to that bar. Stop. They come out and scavenge at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, so there's rat feces, there's pigeon feces, there's bum feces, and that guy just sprayed it all over you. Right. Well, and, every, and over shower. everybody else too. Yeah, I will when I go home. Ah, dude, that's absolutely foul. I'm grossed out myself. I know. Well, what a what an auspicious beginning to episode 132 here of Sick and Wrong. Right. So, uh, how was the weekend? Did you end up going on your little uh, bike ride? <laughs> you don't know how I know that you're gay. Is you go on a bike ride with other dudes in Golden Gate Park on a Saturday afternoon? That may be true. It was a big bike festival in the park, and uh, there was a lot of drinking involved, so I don't know how gay it was. I mean, well, what was, we the, had a, we had what was a, the deal? We had a, a fifth of fat? Jameson. Yeah, you know, it's Fat Tire Brewing Company. They, uh, you know, make all these bicycle-themed beers, so... So they sponsored this. What was that? I mean, people just riding in a big circle, getting drunk, <laughs> falling off their bikes. They just had. Themselves. They had like this bike uh, group of girls doing like this bike dance troupe thing. They were kind of hot, I guess, kind of scroungy at the same time. Uh, they were obviously selling their beer. Uh, there were lots of people on bikes riding around. Yeah, crazy bikes, all out, tall bikes, so hot I, rod bikes. I spoke to uh, P Town who uh, uh-huh. participated in the event, and he said that you guys all wore your matching turquoise spandex outfits. Yeah, actually, they were uh, to ne- 
<laughs> teal. They were teal. I was going to say teal. <laughs> I always, I always uh, mix up turquoise and teal. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed We got that. very drunk, though. You should have came out, because afterwards we hit about like four bars on the way back from Golden Gate Park to the Tenderloin. Go hit the lower hate establishments. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, you know, I would have done it, but uh, I was in the uh, East Bay checking out Batman. The new Batman. Yeah, did you see it? I saw it on Sunday. Yeah, I saw it on uh, Saturday. You know, to be honest, I've kind of reached my threshold, my patience threshold of, uh, uh, with comic book movies, you know, because there seems to be a rash of comic book movies, superhero movies have come out this summer. Hulk, well, it's Iron been going Man, on Batman. for about 10 years, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but this summer it's a bit excessive, you gotta admit. They make but a lot of money, What do you, you can't fault them for it. For the top grossing movie of all time, Batman The Dark Knight was a pretty good movie. It was the best Batman I've probably ever seen, but not because of Batman. The movie could, should have been called The Joker. Yeah, no, that, that's what impressed me the most, because initially when I saw the previews, I actually didn't like Keith Ledger. I, was, I mean, they only showed a few glimpses of his character. But right. I was like, you they know, were holding back for the surprise factor. Well, I was like, I was watching him like, you know, I don't like his voice and that affected that affected speech that he was using for the Joker. I was like, you know, I bet you Crispin Glover would make a much better Joker than Heath Ledger. So now, what, now, after, now what do you think after seeing it? I completely reverse my opinion. You know, I completely retract my statement. Heath Ledger was amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Not, not only was he the best comic book villain in any movie I've seen for a long time, but like, you know, I think he was comparable to, uh, you know, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Oh, no, dude, was, uh, for, for sure. I mean, just was, an all-time villain. He was pretty awesome. Oh, right, dude, he was an amazing character. And the guy, I mean, not only that, he just like kind of captured that whole like psychotic impulse of the joker you know, yeah that whole, and the like, voice i thought was uh it was kind of like a uh william burroughs midwestern high-pitched like yeah uh, he, he, thing going on it was really good and then that weird cackle that he was using right and he, i don't know if you noticed but he kept uh he kept like you know he kept sticking his tongue out of his mouth which yeah, was like creepy and, enough and i kind of like that whole line about how he got his smile which he kept repeating throughout the movie yeah i wouldn't uh give that away to people who haven't seen it yeah because it's kind of a funny part my only criticism and this was also criticism i had for the previous batman movie is i can't stand christian bale's voice when he's batman <laughs> he does overdo it a little bit well christian bale he fancies himself uh like a voice auteur um the other person who does this is a mini driver so she's British. In real life, she has a British accent. So but they adopt different accents. Yeah, so she's like every, every movie she does a different act. Like she does, she's been she's played an American in a lot of movies. There's that, uh, um, that movie. What's that fat guy's name? I always forget. Although he's one of my favorite actors, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman did that movie about the Canadian banker who like totally loses a bunch of money gambling. So she oh, played yeah, a, his Canadian girlfriend. She had a really good Canadian accent. Christian Bale does that same thing, right? He plays like he'll but play dude, an American, and then like you know a yuppie, and then like a British guy, an Australian. But dude, what was his inspiration for the Batman voice? Macho Man, Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, the problem. So when he when he's speaking as I'm the Batman, when he's speaking as Bruce Wayne, he has a completely passable like, okay, you're like an no, upper class uh, white American guy. A trust but, fund guy. I mean, yeah. he's, he sounds perfect. He's got this, like, you know, this this swagger, and he's arrogant. He's, he's got this perfect tone yeah. when he's Bruce Wayne, but when he's Batman, he's like, snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> I know. I'm sure, what he, I'm sure when he was going over the movie with the director, he was like, 
oh, well, I'm, I can't do his Welsh accents or whatever. He's like, what I'm going to do is um, when I'm Bruce Wayne, I'll talk normally. And when I'm the Batman, I'm going to adopt a completely different voice persona. A pro wrestler voice. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. But instead of what the director should have done would be like, okay, I like where you're going with this, but like, you know, don't go overboard. And what he does is he completely goes overboard. Yeah, he's like, you know, a, yeah, a wrestler. Well, you know, I mean, he has this amazing outfit, this Batman suit with all these different devices and gadgets and whatnot. Why wouldn't they just put some kind of like voice emulator thing that would give him this really scary, creepy voice? Right. Instead of like that macho man voice. It just kept killing the movie for me. <laughs> I was just like, luckily, luckily, like I said, though, the movie's not really about Batman. It's about the Joker. Yeah, the Joker, it definitely uh, it plays a central Batman role Batman is an movie. incidental character in the movie. But so anyway, you know, I enjoyed the movie. The one thing I didn't enjoy is seeing a movie in Oakland. Yeah, I, went to the, well, I could have told you that. <laughs> well, I went to the theater in Jack London Square. Don't oh, even yeah. ask me why I was over there. I ended up hanging out with my girlfriend in the East Bay. And it, ended up going to Jack London Square to go see the movie. Crowded. I mean, it was like around probably seven. That's no And good. it was just crowded with people. But, dude, people bring their children. Not only children, people are bringing infants to this movie. So we're sitting there. And, you know, I think I've probably complained in the past about seeing a movie in Oakland. Yeah. In general. But, uh... I mean, seriously, dude, there's this infant was crying throughout the movie. And people were like, shut the fuck up. Shut that baby up. And like yelling. And then, <laughs> and then the mom was, sasses them back. Yeah, the mother, and not, so I like, paid my $10, motherfucker. There's, there's this constant dialogue going back and forth about this woman's baby who's, who shouldn't be there in the first place. Dude, that was a very dark, disturbing movie. Yeah, was it just PG-13? Because it's extremely violent. It was really violent. I'm, I'm surprised. There, there are toddlers there. Right. You know what? Well, I was, you know, it's cheaper than getting a babysitter. Just bring your kid. Do you have to pay full price, or is it like five bucks, or do you have to pay at all? The newborns get in free. If it's or on your lap. If you can like just put it in the popcorn bucket. You know what I kind of wanted to do is I wanted to like set an example. So I was reading on the internets today, going exploring the tubes, which I usually tend to do at work because yeah. I'm bored. But uh, I, I read about this whole new thing, which I had never heard of. But I guess it's probably been online for a while. Have you heard of this phenomenon, reborn babies? Yeah, I think I did see this. Uh, it's also like, in my internet travels today. They're 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 called the the most lifelike dolls ever. I mean, they're the as realistic as you can get in terms of like a, a baby, like a doll of a baby. I mean, right. they're like they almost have they, they they have baby skin, like modeled skin. They have like baby hair that they put on, they attach to it, and it's like this whole like kind of I don't want to say it's a cult, but it's like an online community that they collect. These reborn babies, they're called. And so I was thinking, if I had one of these lifelike babies, I could have just picked it up and just started smashing it on the seat in front of me just to set an example. Because it would have definitely, you know, caused the din to die down, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know what quite would, what would have happened. What would have It'd entailed. It would be an interesting social experiment. Yeah, had I just stood up and just started smashing the baby, my lifelike <laughs> reborn baby. It'd be great if it was one of those, like, uh, doggy squeak toys that every time it hit the chair, it'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> Well, so, dude, this, this whole, like, online community I find com just really creepy. And I think I, I sent you a, a link to one of the reborn baby websites where you can buy one of the dolls. I think she sells them on eBay, and she has just a normal um, internet store. Dude, just, these yeah. dolls aren't cheap. They're, like, 400 pounds. Yeah, it's well, like $800 you know, it takes a, a long time to make a baby look that realistic. So the handmade dolls known as reborn babies are sparking controversy because some of the buyers are bereaved parents looking to feel something of what they lost. 
Mm. So instead of letting it go, grieving, moving on, maybe creating another one, they get this like replica of their lost infant. So they'll actually send this woman who makes these things a picture and she'll like uh, replicate that specific baby. Well, so let's say your baby died of uh, one of my favorite uh, baby maladies, SIDS. <laughs> you know, you, I wonder if adults can die of SIDS, like SADS, sudden adult, <laughs> sudden adult death, death syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So let's I say think your that's baby... called OD. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what got Heath Ledger. Yeah. So let's say uh, your baby died of SIDS. You wake up, you can't get past it. You're like, I need another baby. So you take a picture, you send it to this lady here in Scotland who has this website called, um, what is it, reborn-baby.com, and she will handcraft a doll for you that looks just like your kid. She's in Scotland, you said? Yeah. Hmm. So the online community of these doll enthusiasts, which is just so creepy. All doll enthusiasts are creepy. All adult doll, doll enthusiasts. Doll collectors. Yeah, they're creepy. They're called. Even, if they, even if they're collecting the ones that aren't super realistic, it's just weird. Well, they don't like to speak about their hobby because I guess the media is portrayed as being somewhat macabre. Kind of creepy. <laughs> the media, they... all their friends and relatives and everybody they know. Well, dude, could you imagine if like you meet your girlfriend's mom or something? She's like, I'm a doll collector. Would you like to see my collection? I think once you go into the house, nothing really needs to be said. (laughs) (laughs) But dude, these are like really lifelike. I mean, they're just the the pictures. We'll we'll post a couple pictures on the uh, website. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they even have like lifelike looking eyes. Have you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? (laughs) No. Is this some kind of porn (laughs) site that you go to? No. Well, that'd be a good name for one. Uh, the uncanny, it's a, like, I guess it's philosophical concept that, you know, like cartoons are cute, you know, like, like the dwarfs and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, because they're cartoonish. Um, and real babies are cute, but there's like some point where like, you say (laughs) there's some point where you like make something like, a uh, an image or, or a doll, the more and more lifelike it gets, it's cute and it's cute and it's cute. And then there's some point where it's like just in this like valley of it's like just too lifelike where it's completely it repulsive. Creepy. Yeah. Kind of like real dolls, like real dolls to me, you know, the adult sex dolls, that's a totally different doll category, but they're like so realistic, but you know, you, you can obviously tell it's not a real person, but it's just weird. Like you look at it and you're like, I couldn't sleep in the same room well, as that it's thing. It's weird because people have sex with those. But even if you, even if it didn't have a working vaginal opening, <laughs> I would still have a hard time sleeping in the same room as it because it's like just this weird thing. It's, it's too real to be fake, but you know, it's not really real. It just does something to your brain. Well, what, what what amazes me about these these reborn babies in the community that, that that collects them is that they try to make it. I mean, that's their goal is they strive to make it as realistic as possible. Yeah. So they weight the babies so that they feel like actual infants. They add electronic devices to simulate breathing and chest movement. <laughs> I mean, dude, some of them even like there's links on uh, this woman's website where you can get like a lifelike umbilical cord you can attach to it. What do you touch the other end to? Yeah, I don't know. Your labia? <laughs> you just shove it inside or something and carry it around? It's just like when I was in the hospital. I, you know, I, I don't know. And so the babies are created from vinyl, mohair, and multiple layers of paint that convey the look of a newborn's mottled skin. Right. Baby and rash face. So a lot of toy stores, like uh, the London department store Harrods, won't even stock the doll because they're too lifelike. Too weird. Too weird. Yeah. And I'm sure FAO Schwartz would not stock a doll like this. They're not meant for little kids to have, right? 
No, they're actually they're 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 collected by adults, and uh, yeah, adults like uh, so. So people say uh, people, are, so people find it so creepy because they're like, why do these people need this? Yeah, and so with the reborn babies, the true to life look and feel the dolls opens the door for uses that some might find questionable. Uh, this woman says her daughter wanted a sibling. She didn't want to have any more kids, so she made her this doll instead. <laughs> Others feel the dolls have legitimate therapeutic uses. Why? How does that help your daughter who wants a sibling? Well, here's a little realistic baby that will never grow Here's up. an automaton. Just yeah. hold this and you can pretend that it's real. Yeah. Maybe you should just get her a puppy. But dude, I mean, it sounds to me that this is like a pedophile's wet dream. This is like a pedophile's real doll. <laughs> I mean, I think, you see, yeah, I, I, I think you're just... Uh, when you take it to the sexual level, <laughs> you're you're diminishing the creepiness of just the women who want this for non-sexual reasons. Okay, I, I understand <laughs> that there are women out there that want this for non-sexual purpose, that are collectors, that or whatever, trying to fill the void that was you know that was left by their, the death of their infant. But I guarantee there is a pedophile somewhere, somewhere on one? this on this planet. That fashioned his own holes inside this thing and is having sex with it. With like a... Humping it. With like a drill bit. <laughs> well, you know, I wonder if like they're created... I mean, I guess you can custom order it. So I don't know if you can call the lady and say, you know, I'd, I'd like a realistic vaginal opening. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Could you put an adult women, <laughs> female vagina on there <laughs> with some hair? But I mean, it just, it sounds so creepy. The things are almost, I mean, they even have like real, like realistic feeling skin. Let's assume that this woman would not put a vaginal opening in the baby because, you know, <laughs> she's not promoting that kind of thing. But I do wonder what her limits are. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. Like, can we wind this woman up? Can we, can we afford from the sick and wrong funds to try and order one that has like... I don't know, like Harlequin baby syndrome. Wait, is that the is that the baby whose skin's born like on the outside of its body? <laughs> it's like skin is inside out or something. I don't think they ever actually <laughs> it's got live. Those big, like red eyes or yeah. something. It's like undeveloped uh, skin organs. <laughs> Get one with a penis on its back. You know, I wonder if you could do that. Or like, like one of those Indian uh, Cyclops babies. <laughs> just go for the trifecta, all three. Just, yeah, just go just for send, the Harlequin Cyclops baby with a penis on its back. You know, this gives me a great idea. We should almost like send an email to this doll creator and just have that picture of that baby in India with like the six arms and legs. Uh -huh. You know, make it cyclopic. Right. You know, add a dick on its back. But when she immediately writes back and says, this is disgusting, I'm not doing this, you're a pervert, we have to keep winding her up and be like, well, seriously, we'll pay double, <laughs> triple even. Well, so where do you think they get this name from, this reborn reborn doll? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, do weird. they take it, shove it back in there, spit it back out? Yeah, you know, I don't know I mean, where they... How is it reborn? It makes it more, that name makes it more creepy than it even is. Well, what I find creepy is the fact that there's, like, online communities. I mean, there's blogs devoted to, like, well, I, I was on eBay the other day, and I found this new reborn baby, and here's my collection, my pictures of, like, my ten reborns. How many could you hoard and not be... I mean, you're already weird because you're doing this, but how many could you hoard when the online people would even think that you're weird? Like... You have 50 of these things in your living room, like super realistic babies just on your couch and on the shelves and on the floor in the corner. Well, I mean, this this is a creepy phenomenon, but the Internet has ceased to amaze me. I mean, it ceased to surprise me anymore. I know they're out there. So that's why I think with like this 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 online community that exists out there of these doll collectors, do I bet you some of them have like 50 of these dolls right. spend their entire life savings 
on yeah. these dolls. It's like a little daycare center <laughs> in their apartment, but you know, nobody's feeding them or anything. So I, re- I read a story real quick here that uh, in Australia, police actually smashed through a motorist window to save what they thought was a dying infant, like a suffocating infant. But it right. turned out it to be one of these dolls. Because it was some 90-degree Australian day or something, so, and mean, the baby was just looking kind of weird and not moving. So, dude, if you think about it, if, the, if the, the thing is realistic enough to fool the police, even though I don't think they're that hard to fool. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're realistic enough to fool the police into smashing open a window, it's like, could you imagine what you could do, the fun you could have with this? It reminds me of, uh, if you remember back in college, a Dean Lance college story going on here. Do you remember those huge trannies that used to hang out with our roommate, Anna? Yeah, how could I forget? Max and Jennifer. They're like 350-pound black guys that dressed as women. Miss Jennifer more so than Max. Max would go back and forth just between being a big black gay guy and then like styling his hair and wearing a skirt. I remember the first time I ever met them is I was at my house. I just moved into the house that we lived in with like nine people in that house and uh, one bathroom. And yeah. I ended up moving into that house with my friend Kessler, and we thought it'd be a good idea to take some LSD and then move into the house. Yeah. And so we're tripping, and I, you know, I just finally moved in all my boxes. I think my friend Kessler just sat there laughing. <laughs> Fat ass. Anyway, I ended up like um, going upstairs. He went upstairs to go get some beer, and he just runs back downstairs. He's like, dude, I don't know if I'm hallucinating or what, but you got to go upstairs and take a look. And I was like, what do you mean? So I walk upstairs and I seriously thought I was hallucinating. There was like a 350 pound dude wearing like a prom dress or something uh-huh. with like a blonde wig. And uh, <laughs> that, must kinda, have, that must have been Max. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was just like, hey, how's it going? Or Maxine. And I just was like, fine. <laughs> and just ran back downstairs laughing for the next 30 minutes. Those guys were actually pretty funny, though. Dude, they were hilarious. And that's why I, I thought it was appropriate. This, this story reminded me of them. They, I don't know where they, where they got this, where they procured this thing, but remember they had like, they're the dolls that the hospital would give you, would give newborn, like would give a newly, I don't know. No, no, in like the parenting delivered. classes. They, well, would do, yeah, they would give Okay, so it was expecting thing. mothers, but usually yeah. they were like teenage mothers. They'd yeah. give them like uh, these dolls that they could kind of learn to hold that were weighted properly and learn right. the proper way to carry them around. Well, they got one of those dolls. I don't know where they got it. I don't know if they stole it from a hospital or right. whatever. Yeah. But they used to bring it into like uh, the convenience store or a supermarket. I remember the supermarket. Used to... It was the story that I heard. Well, they used to bring it into the supermarket and just sit there and drop it. <laughs> and it's so, so, so you got these like two, three hundred fifty pound, huge, like six foot seven black guys dressed as women dropping these like realistic looking infants. Well, I think they would. It wasn't as realistic as these reborn babies. You know, was, uh, if you looked at it up close, but they would like wrap it up in a blanket so you couldn't really see it. But you thought that it was just like, oh, there's a big black woman with her baby. And they do it in line. A big ugly black woman <laughs> with her baby. <laughs> they do it in, when they were waiting in line when, you know, there's like lots of people in line behind them and they would pick up like some trashy supermarket line magazine and be like reading it and be like, oh, look at Angelina. She's looked like a slut. And then they would <laughs> drop the baby. Yeah. And like pick it up and just, and nobody would say anything because people are kind of pussies. Or they would be like, shut up, baby. And like start <laughs> smacking its head on like the, uh, the side of the conveyor belt. Yeah. Is that and where pe- you got the idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I was thinking about it. I was just like, dude, these reborn babies are even more realistic than that. The hospital 
doll or whatever that they used to carry around. Yeah. So think how much fun you could have in like a crowded place like the like a movie theater. I guess the or thing- a shopping mall. <laughs> just walking around and being like, shut up, baby. And like smacking it against the, you know, the side of a door. Or yeah. Something. But we're just talking about it. I guess the ir- ironic thing is those trannies in college actually had some big balls <laughs> <laughs> to actually go do it. Right. <laughs> they literally and ironically had very large balls. <laughs> Or metaphorically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so people, go check out this uh, this weird phenomenon. Maybe by yourself or your mother or your grandmother, because I guess a lot of grandparents, these dolls are popular on grandparents whose grandchildren have grown up and and, and grieving parents who've lost their infant children. So but I, you buy yourself one of these. We make all these free shows and not many people buy t-shirts. We don't get remunerated for the show. I want people to pool their funds and buy us a Harlequin real <laughs> reborn baby. Yeah, special order a Harlequin reborn baby. Maybe if you're in Scotland, you can go and convince this woman like face to face. Well, I'm still sending her an email, an email request <laughs> and a for picture. a Harlequin baby. <laughs> so the website's www.reborn-baby.com. And then there's another one called rebornsupplies.com, which is just bizarre, dude. I mean, you can buy just the eyes. You can uh-huh. buy the umbilical cord for really? that. Yeah, there's all sorts of just random weird stuff you can <laughs> the find hair, from that. In case yours rubs off. Yeah, it's 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 really creepy. There's a website's called My Fake Baby and Roberta's Reborn Babies and Baby Love. But people just sell these weird things off of uh, eBay. You know, we'll have to uh, put up a couple pictures of uh, some of these strange well, at least a link, right? reborn babies. But yeah, the fun that you could have. Limitless. Limitless. Well, people, this is episode 132 here, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap from uh, 131 last week. Oh, actually, you did a story about a murderous Indonesian magician. And uh, yeah, you know, I checked out that movie, Motel Hell. Yeah. Very entertaining. Did you watch the movie or just the trailer? No, I found some clips. Yeah. On, uh, now you got to watch the whole thing. It's great. At the but, end- it, but it was a very apt analogy because they actually were doing that. Yeah. Like, killing, like uh, uh, well, pulling their heads off with a car. Yeah. But do you, at the, I don't know if you saw the clip, but at the end of that movie, Rory Calhoun, who was like, at the time was like this classic, you know, 1940s, I guess, actor who's in all these like big serious movies. Like silver movies. screen Hollywood Right, silver actor. screen. That's the word I'm looking for. But at the end of that movie, he's like, has a, pig's head on his head and he's like got a big axe and he's like running around chopping people up i love it when old actors like that get washed up (laughs) what are you Um, talking about this movie was great uh the listener sent a story about a cheese whiz abortion i did a story about a disgruntled video store employee who murdered his uh former boss's family i ended up winning with 87 votes and uh you and the listener tied with 62 apiece wow so i was kind of surprised people were really that impressed by the video store guy yeah, you know. I, I guess he chopped up the whole family, so. Yeah, he, he makes murder the whole family, so people were into it. You know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Winner audience votes, winner gets a case of beer, and we throw in a wild card with a listener submission every week. So, um, yeah, people send in to sickandwrongpodcast.com or submit it right through the forum page. I believe you started last week. That's true. So let me kick off episode 132 with my story. A French tourist allegedly beats daughter into coma against Roman monument. So uh, my story happened in Rome involving a French tourist here with his four-year-old daughter. He beat his four-year-old daughter's head against the stone base of a Rome monument so hard the child was left in a coma. Is that the plinth? (laughs) 
<laughs> is that what they call that? The base of the Roman statue? Is it the plinth of the I statue? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure. Uh, blood still stained the travertine pavement of the Altar of the Nation, which is a towering monument to Italy's war victims. Hours after the savage beating um, Saturday night in the Piazza Venezia in the heart of Rome, um, the hospital here that the child was taken to said the kid was the child was comatose with severe head injuries when she was admitted shortly before midnight. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Antonello Casara said the man, identified as Julian Monet, 37 years old, repeatedly struck the head of his daughter Luna. Is this a French man? He's a French man. Against the stone after a traffic officer asked to see some identification. Apparently, a Canadian tourist had told the police that the man was acting strangely toward the child. Nice job, Canadian. Yeah, but don't all French people act strangely toward children? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Uh, he was holding the child in an unhealthy way, and the, the child was crying and screaming loudly. How do you hold a kid in an unhealthy way? Like, what's unhealthy? Like, if you're just holding it by its neck? <laughs> or the hair, the top of the hair. If you're just, like, carrying the kid by its hair? <laughs> yeah. It, it sounded, you know, I guess in my mind, it sounds like he was just kind of holding her by, his, by her arm. The upper arm. Dragging, the upper her, arm. dragging her around, almost shaking her to death. And that's probably sort of cursing at her in French. Uh, when the traffic officer, officer Anna Esposito, approached the man, she said the man quickened his step, then said something else she couldn't understand. Because it was in French, and she speaks Italian. And she speaks Italian, exactly. He was holding the girl by her arm, and then he just kind of picked her up, swung her, and started striking her head against the stone statue. Uh, the Canadian tourist then grabbed the child. You know, those goddamn interfering Canadians. Seriously. Can't let leave well enough be, you know? Um... And uh, the traffic officer then struggled to hold the man and call for reinforcements. She described the man as being like a furious beast, <laughs> as most French people typically are. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> are they? No, they're, they're, they're lovers, not fighters. They're smoking a lot, I guess. And uh, they're just really condescending. <laughs> uh, after the man was blocked by passersby, he tried to break loose and strike his own head against the monument base. What's but, good for the goose? <laughs> it's good for the gander. But what's funny about this is the onlooker stopped him and held him back. Okay, so now if you saw... The Canadian guy, onlooker or other onlookers? The passersby. The other so passersby. If you saw a man beating his kid against the base of a statue to the point where the kid's head was splitting open, and once uh, you know people intervened and stopped the beating, and then the guy wanted to beat his own head... Wouldn't you just be like, yeah, I'm just going to let this go on here. <laughs> I think Asshole. I, I think I would. Yeah, I would let it go on. I mean, why, why I'm, would no, you stop I'm no that? Batman or anything. <laughs> Although I, I must say, even though I, I tend to be, I don't know, I guess, uh, I, I don't know if I, I tend to be impassive or just apathetic in general. But if I did see a man beating a four-year-old kid against a statue, I might say something. <laughs> you know? But it hey, dude, knock it off, it, man. It, it happened so cool. yeah, it happened so quickly. I mean, I don't think anybody has time to do anything. Like the original the Canadians, Canadians do. No, no, but they're saying that the Canadian said something to the cops just because he was acting strangely. No, the Canadian actually grabbed the child out of the guy's hand. Oh, okay. But the head had already been beaten into a coma. That's what oh, I, yeah. that's my the, point. The head had already the been damage beaten had been at that done. point. The right. damage had been done. Yeah. I bet you he was probably a mounty like off duty in Rome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Julia Monet was arrested for investigation of causing grave injury and taken to uh, Rome's jail. He appeared to be in a state of shock when arrested. 
Well, um, yeah, because he just beat his head into the <laughs> statue. <laughs> the mother was vacationing in Turkey and was flying to Rome after being called by police. The woman told police that she believed her husband and the girl were still in France and had no idea that they had traveled to Rome. <laughs> I'm thinking that yeah, the divorce is yeah. probably going to happen in this situation. <laughs> yeah, your husband, uh, yeah, he was beating your kid's head against a statue. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need you to come back to Italy. We have yeah. some paperwork that we need you to fill out, okay? <laughs> You're going to have to pick up the kid. So what this guy really should have done is had a reborn baby. And if he had a reborn baby, he could have beat it all he wanted to. Against, I mean, he could have beat it to his heart's content against the statue. And no one really could have done anything. I guess they could have stopped him initially. Yeah. But then when they would have found it was just like a doll, they would have been like, oh, just go right ahead. Have some fun. You know, it's <laughs> Well, cathartic. he might have to go to that other website and order a new eye or something after one popped out. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, child abuse is horrible. <laughs> It, it seriously is, dude. It's it's a heinous, heinous crime. Is this and, how you're going to end this story, really? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to keep going with this? I'm editorializing here, okay? <laughs> okay. It's horrible, and I'm sure this his four-year-old daughter did nothing, nothing to uh, induce this type of response from her dad, you know? It seems extreme. It seems extreme. I can't imagine what she could have done that would have warranted this. I'm thinking her dad might have been schizophrenic or something. Well, or didn't maybe you say the there Joker. was pills found in his pocket? Yeah, actually, I didn't read that part, but uh, the man's backpack <laughs> contained medicine indicating he was undergoing psychiatric treatment. I don't know how I overlooked that <laughs> statement. So it sounds like, yeah, he was a bit mental. Yeah. So I'm sick Which of is funny that the mom would just fly off to Turkey and be like, well, honey, uh, watch out for the kid and make sure she, you feed her and, uh, you know, make sure you take your pills. You don't get to go into a psychotic <laughs> episode like last time. Well, you'd think she'd get another babysitter, maybe one that's not psychotic. Yeah. Maybe leave it with grandma. Yeah. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe she meant to leave it with grandma, but grandma actually ended up with the reborn baby and it was a big mix up and grandma didn't know because she can't see very she's well. she's old. Yeah. Yeah. And he, See these reborn babies? They're they're kind of a malign influence. Like they, yeah. bad things can happen just because these realistic babies exist. Dude, I mean, think about it. It's like these realistic babies can cause so many problems. <laughs> I'm saying on the sick and wrong star scale, four point five because the kid was in a coma. Um, I'm giving it four point five because he beat his child's head into the into a statue in broad daylight in a heavily populated tourist area. All right, I agree with that. That's a, that's a good, worthy reason to give it a 4.5. Okay. What do you have here for episode 132? New Mexico, not old Mexico, the New Mexico. <laughs> Oh, okay. The, the the New Mexico that's actually in the United States. Yeah, yeah. The Mexicans there don't have to illegally cross the border. They're already here. Well, they're New Mexicans. New Mexicans are already here. Um, New Mexican authorities discovered uh, a Mr. Thomas Hickman's body uh, March 15th near Santa Rosa, New Mexico, about 100 miles east of Albuquerque. Um, and authorities initially thought that this guy, who is incidentally a Red Lobster executive... Big, big wheel down at the Red Lobster <laughs> headquarters. They initially thought that he'd been kidnapped and slain. He had a bullet through the back of his head. Dude, so this guy probably had business cards that said Red Lobster on it. 
Yeah, he probably had a shirt that had a Red, red Lobster <laughs> logo, you know, where the pocket is. Probably had his own bib. Yeah. So you so can wait, understand he, he why was, cops, when they see some, like, big, high-rolling Red Lobster executive... A big mocker down at the Red Lobster? <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's, and, he's, and he's dead that, you know, nefarious things have been happening. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's been many episodes of, like, Silk Stockings and a Hunter based on this very thing. <laughs> but in fact, investigators came to the conclusion that Mr. Hickman had committed suicide. The first clue was the bundle of white helium balloons with guns still attached found snagged on bushes and cactus near Mr. Hickman's body. <laughs> so wait a second. Now, Hickman was shot in the back of the head? Yeah. Well, so they me... just found his lifeless corpse. In the, in the middle of the desert, remember? This is like way out in the middle of nowhere with maybe some cactus, some scrub brush. Some but it's plausible that, I mean, coyotes he running abducted, around. taken out in the middle of the desert. You know, they offed him. Yeah, well, don't don't get the impression that cops immediately figured this this one out, okay? Yeah, no, I'm impressed with this police force. This is like... Well, uh, don't be. Wait until I get through with this. The grip of the gun, uh, the Smith, Smith & Wesson Airweight, which I guess is one of their lighter models, and he the, the gun had been made even lighter because he'd removed the trigger guard uh, by grinding it down, and he took some other pieces off of it, said uh, Lieutenant Rick Anglada of New Mexico State Police. New Mexico... <laughs> Um, I don't know why that's funny. I don't know either. <laughs> the gun and the balloons led police from that field back to Mr. Hickman's house because I assume this gun was uh, had been registered and still had the serial numbers intact. So wait, the gun, the gun, Always the... remove the serial numbers if you're going to do something like this. So the dude registered. The gun was registered in, in Hickman's name. Yes. What a dumbass. Well, yes, he should have ground down off the serial numbers. Um, so cops actually didn't immediately figure any of this out. They were still kind of like balloon, guns, dead red lobster executive. <laughs> Where's, where are we going with this? Dude, Reno 911 never would have figured this out. No, but partway through the investigation, one of the investigators recalled seeing a television show in which balloons were used in a suicide. <laughs> the investigator obtained a copy of an October 2003 episode of the television drama CSI Crime CSI. Scene Investigation. I like okay. the fact that he didn't... Just, not only did he just have to recall the TV show, he actually had to watch the entire episode again to fully figure it out. <laughs> Dude, have you ever watched that show? No, God, it's awful. You, you, know what, you know what I find just, I think, I don't know if it's the most unbelievable aspect of the show, because the whole thing kind of causes you to suspend too much disbelief. Right. But the chicks are so hot. Like yeah. those cops. I've seen a lot of female cops in this city. I've never seen one that yeah. look that good. Well, there's, there is a show on, I think, A&E called The First 48, which is uh, it's an actual reality show where they'll like go. It's always in Philadelphia or Houston or something they do, and maybe in Detroit or something. But they'll like a murder will happen, and then they'll follow the detectives around for the first forty-eight hours because apparently after the first forty-eight hours expire, in any type of they homicide no situation, leads. and they don't if they don't know what's going on, like the probability that they're going to solve that case drops off by like a million. So that's after they interview the family members. And yeah. And as you said, the women investigators are always hideous. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, cause they just, eat, they eat donuts they're and they're abhorrent. stressed out all the time. And they like, you know, it's not good for your looks to be around murderers. No, they don't look like these hot CSI cops. Right. Um, so he watched the entire episode, um, he noticed there were several similarities between the show and Mr. Hickman's case, but Lieutenant Anglada said, New Mexico. <laughs> Authorities are not sure if Mr. Hickman had ever seen the program. Maybe there are enough differences that it wasn't readily apparent. Um, 
Detectives would not speculate about the motive for his suicide. However, the investigation showed that at the time of his death, Mr. Hickman's life was in turmoil. Uh, his wife, Lisa... Trouble at the Red Lobster? Well, some trouble, some money trouble, but his wife was ill. He'd been taking care of her, which is a great time to kill yourself if your like, <laughs> wife's depending on you for her health. Just going on. Probably yourself. eating too much Red Lobster. Yeah, it can't be good for you. Although seafood, I guess, is good, but the butter is not good for your ticker. Dude, everything there is deep fried. <laughs> I've never eaten at Red Lobster. Really? Never, you know, ever. actually, now that, I come, now that I think about it, we should put this into perspective for our foreign listening audience. Because, so Red Lobster. Because they, they have like Pizza Hut. They overseas. don't have Red Lobster over there. I, I don't know. So Red Lobster is a chain throughout the Midwest. I imagine maybe they have it. I know they seafood have a few chain. out here. It's a seafood chain. But in, in places like Bay City, Michigan, small Midwestern towns. You're about as far from the ocean and yeah. where lobster actually thrive as you can get. But the thing is, if you want to eat somewhere nice, your options are severely limited. So your your choices are for Italian food, the Olive Garden. True. For the red lo- for seafood, Red Lobster. For like American, it's what TGI Fridays. It's like those those are your options, or Bennigan's or something. Yeah, those restaurants do. Thrive. But they're all like owned by the same company. Right. Yeah, I mean it's all like one huge chain. And so Red Lobster. Well, more it's like a mega chain. It's like you said, it's all those restaurants are actually owned by the same company. Yeah, it's owned by it's a huge mega chain conglomerate. So what's what's funny about it to me is you know I never knew seafood other than Red Lobster while I was in Michigan. Well, and you could so, get a fish witch at McDonald's. Yeah, you could get that. But if you wanted to go get like crab legs or something, you go to Red Lobster. And so when I moved out to San Francisco, which just isn't a good idea. <clears throat> for, even if even if it wasn't Red Lobster, even if a restaurant opened and it was like, oh, it's a uh, salty dogs four star <laughs> seafood restaurant in the Midwest, where like, where are these lobsters coming from? Yeah, I mean, because is this a ri- is this yeah. a river lobster? <laughs> is this a freshwater lake lobster? Because you know what they call that a crawfish. Okay. It's not a lobster. Yeah. But so when I moved out to San Francisco and actually had real seafood, I was like, wow, I've been eating shit all these years. Yeah, really. Yeah, seriously. red lobster's awful. It's gross. My sister actually worked at one for like three years in college. <laughs> well, she does like to make the waitressing money. Yeah, she used to say it was awful on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, okay. We won't go there. Uh, I lost my place, but I'll get it in one second. He also lost some money in the stock market, which everybody has been losing money lately. I don't know why he thought this was yeah, reason enough to kill himself. High rollers always get suicidal, though, once they start losing money in the stock yeah, market. Maybe he would bought on margin, so he like lost more than he even had, you know? Um and his wife said that he was a generous Christian man who did not preach the word of God, but he walked the walk and he lived it. <laughs> what the hell kind of statement is that? Here's where it gets really depressing. Mr. Hickman worked for Red Lobster for 32 years. Oh, Jesus He's Christ. 55, so that means that he started working there when he was, what, 28? I wonder if he started as like a dishwasher and just no, worked 23. his way up to like the executive level. So he started when he was 23. Dude, you know, Red Lobster is one of those chains that makes, like, they, they give you, you know how, like, Olive Garden gives you free breadsticks? Uh-huh. Red Lobster gives you these free, these free like, little cheese biscuits that are, like, I don't know, like, a, 2,000 calories a piece. You know this from when your sister worked there? She'd yeah, bring home she would bring home a mess load of them. Yeah, bring home, like, these baskets. Are they kosher? Just, they're disgusting. Is lobster kosher? <laughs> Why are you eating at Red Lobster? You're not supposed don't to eat, what's that called? my dad. Trafe? Trafe. Yeah, don't tell my dad. Your dad eats seafood, doesn't he? Uh, rarely. Bacon, did, bacon wrapped like three shrimp, pounds over. shrimp rolls. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't let the congregation see him. Um, 
He did, and it does say that he started as a manager trainee, which is pretty fucking low. He probably level. made these cheese things. Yeah, so he he worked his way up, and in uh, in 1977, he was promoted to general manager and head headed operations at restaurants in Wisconsin, Illinois, North Carolina, and Florida. So he actually was pretty high up in the Red Lobster chain. He clogged artery, arteries throughout the uh, what was that the Southwest? He became director of operations in 2003 and took over restaurants in parts of Texas. Um, Dude, this guy must have been making like a, at least 100K a year, 200K probably. Plus all the cheese biscuits he could eat. I mean, who's yeah. going to pass that up? <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, uh, you know, he just couldn't take it anymore. Couldn't take going to the corporate office park Red Lobster building. I'm sure he didn't have to go into the actual restaurant very often, which is good. But the corporate office park sucks, too. I've worked in those. Dude, many the pressure. I mean, the pressure must have been insurmountable. <laughs> And uh, they guess uh, his body was sort of sitting out in the desert for a while, and some fellow, uh, some other travelers, uh, some two other motorists discovered his body in the field. I, I'm willing to bet that they stopped to go take a leak somewhere. So I imagine that this guy, and they probably stopped to go smoke some crystal meth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I imagine check on their this, meth lab. <laughs> this guy though probably had like I don't know what, like half a million dollars in life insurance. So he is almost doing a noble thing here, leaving the money for his uh, ailing wife. Right. So I completely glossed over the whole point of the story. And thank you for pointing <laughs> it out. So why would he? Why wouldn't he just off himself? Why did he come up with this crazy balloon scheme that like didn't really work because the balloons only carry the gun like five feet away and got <laughs> snagged on a cactus? You need weather balloons, dumbass. Or go out to like a salt flat where there isn't a big six foot cactus right next to your fucking. Or check for the wind or something. I mean, come on, dude. You only get one chance to do this. So. So yeah, he was trying to make it look like he was murdered so his wife could get the insurance money because insurance policies don't pay out for, for suicide. suicide. None of them yeah. do? Is that true? None of them do. Can't I'd... you get like an expensive one? Like, you know, I am pretty depressed. And so can I pay extra so you'll still pay when I kill myself? No, they used to. I think they used to pay. But, you know, I read that. Uh, did you ever see that movie Capturing the Freedmen's? About yeah. that, like, weird I don't remember Jewish, it at all, but yeah. family where the father yeah, and he son got molested all those kids. Yeah, they were well, the father, the father ended up committing suicide, I think, in prison or before he went to prison. And uh, the wife ended up getting all this money for his life insurance. After that, uh, litigation ensued that uh, basically prevented, or legislation was passed that basically prevented anyone from ever uh, capitalizing off of a suicide again. I don't know. I just don't understand the motive for a lawmaker to make that illegal. I understand why an insurance company would say, like, well, no. Well, because, dude, people would be like, I'm going to off myself so my family can survive. Right, but I would think... It happened all the time. Yeah, but I would... (laughs) No, it wouldn't. (laughs) Dude, people, Most people who commit suicide could give a fuck about their family. I mean, the reason... You don't have a family. (laughs) The reason that their life sucks is because, you know, they don't have a family or they hate their family. I think there's only a very special cases where somebody would do it and be like, well, I can't take it and I want my wife to be provided. But I don't know. What, maybe. What, what I don't about know. someone who had like, you know, an incurable disease? But it still seems to me that an insurance company would say like, okay, with the basic policy, we don't cover alien abductions. We don't cover <laughs> suicide. We don't cover, you know, if a fucking, if you're bungee jumping and you smack your head into a million pieces. But it seems like you could be like, well, you know. I'm a Red Lobster executive. <laughs> I've got pre- quite a bit of scratch. I'm going to pay for the premium, you know, we pay for any type of death thing. But you're saying it's against the law? I don't understand no, why. No, it's against the law now. They, I don't understand why. Off of I don't it. understand why, like, lawmakers would care. 
Well, I, I just don't think they want to pay out to someone who commits suicide. Well, yeah, but the government doesn't pay out. That's the insurance company. Well, it's the That's insurance company. But I so bet why? you the insurance companies lobbied the lawmakers right. and basically passed this legislation. Right. But you know it's what I mean? Fucked. This guy... I, all, all insurance is fucked. It's like you pay all this fucking money... They just rake it in, and then when something happens to you, they fight you tooth and nail to not pay you anything. <laughs> Fucking uh, dude, tell me vampires. <laughs> Blood suckers. So on the sick and wrong star scale, you got to admit it's quite creative. Right. I never would have thought inept, about this. Creative yet inept because it didn't work. Yeah, creative but completely <laughs> ineffectual. I don't know why he would have done this. Yeah, with this So your, your position is you would have gotten a more powerful balloon. A weather balloon, dude. A weather balloon would have taken that thing to, like, Uranus. <laughs> and no one would have ever found it. <laughs> or maybe I'm thinking, like, a model rocket. That could have worked. Or you know what I would have done is, why, why would you just disappear and then go do a bunch of whores in Laos or something? Yeah. And then, because uh, it, it never come back, and people would assume you're dead and you get the life insurance policy anyway. I think it helps if they have a body. And, dude, the sex But life- my whole thing is, like, what? why don't people just like to do, like, a massive amount of drugs? Yeah. OD. Well, I guess then it's obviously... Well, no, because then OD, you could say, accidental well... Accidental overdose. Yeah, accidental. wasn't suicide. So anyway. on the sick and wrong star scale, it's... You know, I mean, the guy committed suicide. He wasn't murdered. There's no nefarious elements going on in this. I'm well, saying... Well, I mean, his life did suck. That's pretty nefarious. He, he, he worked at Red Lobster for, for 32 years. years. He worked at Red Lobster. Got out of off myself, too. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> I'm giving it a 3.75 for creativity. Four. Four stars. All right. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Well, listener submission here for uh, episode 132 comes from a, a, a new listener here who's a big uh, fan of the podcast, Airborne Mohawk. He says, okay, this one should be in your next podcast. Dude sent like four different stories to okay. MySpace page. Is this Glenn Plake? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Glenn Blake's that like ski freestyler guy with that gigantic mohawk. No, nope. oh, he's got a massive From the mohawk. 80s, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. Actually, Over everyone's head. I don't know if this guy even has a mohawk. I think he just likes the name. Okay. Uh, it happened in Garland, Texas. The men arrested in the slayings of an aspiring Christian singer and his colleague at a Texas recording studio said in a chilling jailhouse interview that the victims were killed at random in a robbery that netted a grand total of $2. <laughs> Dude, criminal masterminds at their finest. But it's it, doesn't a, your typical recording studio have like tons of equipment in there that's worth way more than two dollars? Why didn't they take that? Christian recording studio. So what? They're they just singing just into a can, guitar, <laughs> acoustic guitar, and like a microphone. Okay. <laughs> Cousins James Broadnax and Demarius Dwight Cummings, both nineteen, face capital murder charges in the deaths of singer Matthew Butler and Stephen Swan. Um, this is outside Butler's Christian recording studio, Zion Gate Records, in Garland, Texas. Uh, Broadnax and Cummings uh, spoke from the Dallas County Jail here to, uh, to Fox News. They told the station of their plans to rob somebody the night of June 18th. They traveled specifically to Dallas, to the suburb of Garland, because, quote-unquote, that's where all the rich white folks stay at. So these guys hatched this well-premeditated plan here. Of let's go rob somebody, or we're gonna have to go to Garland because that's where all the rich white. Folks Did they stay know at. these people? The Christian recording completely artists? random. Oh, they just kind of randomly okay. found them. Yeah, their targets. So that's retarded. Yeah, it's you go into a recording retarded. studio looking for money. Why don't you go into a convenience store at the end of the night where you know they've been like collecting gas or money and beer money? Or yeah, something. I mean, a it, bank. Yeah, it's just like maybe these two guys. 
And then furthermore, it's like, why shoot them outright? I, I mean, I guess there's more details to unfold here, but okay, sorry. I mean, why shoot them outright? Why not just be like, give me your money? And then when you see $2, be like, man, <laughs> I don't know. The targets turned out to be Butler, 28 years old, and Swan, 26. Broadnax told the new Fox News here, I made sure they was dead. So I'm just going to give you a forewarning here. There's some of the best quotes I've ever read in a sick and wrong story in this story. All right. Are you going to do an accent? I'm not going to do an accent because it's going to sound racist. Um, these people are African-American. So you're going to read the Ebonic style quotes with your uh, Midwestern slash Jewish accent. Okay. I think yeah, that's yeah. good. It's Mid- like performance. No, it's art. Midwestern Jewish white guy reading... Yeah, the uh, the ghetto black <laughs> statements here. Of these, I think this will be entertaining, extra entertaining for everybody. <laughs> uh, Broadnax recounted in blood-curdling deta- detail how he shot the men to death in a parking lot outside the recording studio after his accomplice asked one of them for a cigarette. He says, I just blanked the fuck out. I shot him, and he stumbled back. I shot the driver. He hit the ground. You know what I'm saying. But he leaned up like he was going to try to get back up, so I shot him in the head. Then his homeboy, I shot his ass again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they they actually pepper a lot of their phrases. Okay, but you're you actually doing saying. your game show announcer voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he was still trying to run off. You know what I'm saying? I knew he was going to die anyway. But just to make sure, pop, 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 motherfucker. Broadnax then said he shot Butler twice in the head. So, dude, now sit here, and uh, now this next statement is going to um, unfolding the criminal plan. Okay, can I ask something, though? Yeah. Has this guy never heard of pleading the fifth? Why, why is he completely <laughs> describing everything that happened? Great criminal mind, dude. Okay. I think this guy has some kind He's of idea, to plea bargain some kind of or something. plan here. Yeah. So Cummings, his accomplice, told the station that he and his cousin, Broadnax here, traded an AK-47 as collateral for a pistol to use during what he thought would just be a robbery. Cummings said, we didn't plan to shoot nobody and nothing like that. Know what I'm saying? No, I take that back. I did tell him we'd probably have to pop a a few fools, you know, a few times or whatever. I did. But still, I didn't think he was going to do it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, they must say that like 20 times. Yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, reporter didn't paraphrase any of this. <laughs> no, they, they, kept, they included all of the, the, the phrases in the quotes. Are here. they getting paid by the word on this article? Or what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> After the men were shot, Cummings said he took the car keys and a wallet from Swan, but the wallet only contained $2. I ain't never seen nobody die like that. You know what I'm saying? It kind of shocked me. You know what I'm saying? I was shook. (laughs) You know what he's saying, Wackerly? Because I don't. I do. (laughs) I I don't. Was he shook all night long, in the words of (laughs) ACDC? Perhaps. Not Um, in a Christian recording studio. They don't allow ACDC. Cummings, who I think kind of rolled over on his buddy here, said he didn't kill anybody. He appeared to have some remorse when asked about the crime. He says, I feel real bad. You know what I'm saying? I feel it was wrong what we did. 
But Broadnax, who's his cousin, who actually did the uh, the, the shooting himself. Yeah. Real cousin? Because a lot of black people call a lot of other black people their cousin. Or is this real I'm cousin? I'm learning a lot about African-American culture in this podcast. <laughs> like, seriously, there's a, there's a lot of terms that are coming out yeah. and uh, phrases that I w- wasn't aware of before here. But I will continue to read them <laughs> in a Jewish game show announcer voice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Broadnax, who described his life as hell, showed little remorse. I kind of regret what I did. Know what I'm saying? But things can't change, so no use crying over it. When asked about what he would say to the victims' families, he replied, "Fuck them." <laughs> you know, as that much- doesn't make sense either, because you know, "fuck you" <laughs> is what you would say to the family, not "fuck them." Yeah, or is he implying that he would say "fuck you"? I think he's just saying "fuck him." I'm not going to say anything to the family. Okay, he would. He's going to. Yeah. now he's going to plead the fifth. So, as much as I want to condemn these two, you know, criminals here for committing such a heinous offense right. for no reason. I mean, this is completely like this crime has. There's no purpose to a murder like this. At the same time, it seems a little wasteful to you know lock up to um, just magnificent wordsmiths, <laughs> <laughs> deprive the world of their you know. Well, I know what you're saying, Wackerly. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Do you really? No, but what I'm what I'm saying is that I know that I should condemn them because what they did was wrong. Uh-huh. But they kind of did the world a favor in a sense. How's that? Because Christian music sucks. So what they did, right? But nobody ever listens to it. So that's yeah. Fine. But it's still there. But I think if you keep the Christians making music and trying to sell CDs, it keeps them from doing other worse things, like you know protesting abortion clinics or going to like uh, soldiers funerals and uh, yeah funerals are gay people right but i don't know man you know i really do despise their music and if i had to hear this guy's music i probably would be enraged so you know i don't want to say what you did was a noble act but at the same <laughs> <On> time balance <laughs> at the same outcome. time you know i'm giving him mad props Really? Man. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? <laughs> I, I don't know. Stick around star scale. They killed these guys for no reason. The quotes. Well, for $2. The quotes made this a 4.5 in my mind. <laughs> quotes do not a star scale make. I'm giving it 3.5. 3.5. All right. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Well, we'll, well, we'll see if we know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can determine what they're saying. Go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Feel free to call the Sick and Wrong Junk Dial line. You think that dial a slut chick is a baby? Oh, no. 206-666-3846. At 206-666-3846. Can I help you, sir? The people is nearing the end of the show here of Sick and Wrong. As usual, we tend to get to listener emails and phone calls to the Sick and Wrong hotline, which was surprisingly kind of slow this week. And we only received maybe like 10 calls. Are people and getting eight bored? Of which, eight of which were just like nonsensical calls that lasted like maybe three seconds. Well, that's just every week we get those, right? I like the ones that are just kind of like a, an incomprehensible, fuck you guys. <laughs> and we probably had about three of those. So do you think people are getting bored with the show or just bored with the hotline? I think they just forget that there is even a hotline to even call. Or maybe they don't really have anything to say. Maybe they can't afford a cell phone. (laughs) But you know who I want to hear from? I want to hear from Trucker Paul. Trucker Paul, how was your 4th of July? Give me a call. Let me know if you're working. And Vietnam, dude, where you be 
We've been wondering what happened to that guy. I think he probably had like some kind of PTSD breakdown and, and started like smashing infants against statues or something. Or maybe one of those uh, crackheaded hookers finally like stabbed him and took his money. Offed him or something like that. Or yeah. a pimp probably uh, ended that could up be uh, too. settling the score because he hasn't been paying the uh, crackhead hookers. So give us a call, 206-666-3846. We're always eager to hear what you have to say. I know we got a couple calls here from some people, so uh, without further ado, why don't we start uh, call number one. Hey, sick and wrong boys. My name is Sarah the Mormon, and uh, I was uh, listening to episode 127. Yeah, I'm a little behind. When you were talking to Martin and you were asking if his family were conservative. I love that Mormon voice, (laughs) that like Mormon inflection. I was listening. Well, she's, I mean, come on. She's just nervous, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you think? <laughs> I know what you're saying. She probably is nervous. At the start, she isn't wavering, but let's not. I don't want to intimidate people from calling collector. in. I mean, you are talking to, like, the five sick and wrong listeners. It's kind of intimidating. Yeah, that is true. All of Mormon. And uh, just want to let you know, I listen to his podcast, and obviously I listen to yours, so we are listening. Don't worry, I'm not going to try and convert you or anything. I love the show. Stay sick, stay wrong. Bye. I don't think this. I don't think the show is LDS approved. I I mean, they're not even supposed to drink caffeinated soda or go to the movie theater. So, how old do you think Sarah the Mormon is? Hard to say, but I would say twenty-five to thirty. So, do you think she's like wife number three? Now that you mention it, (laughs) I'm going to revise my estimate because if she's if she's truly a Mormon, you know, by the time you're 25, you have a husband and you have five kids and your husband is laying the pimp hand down and he's not letting you listen to some blasphemous podcast. So maybe she's only like 18. Well, that's what I wonder. Do you think she like hides in the closet with her iPod? I'm thinking she's Oh, maybe a even child. if she is married. Well, I think she's like a teenager or something and her parents, you know, her parents probably have no idea that Sick and Wrong even exists. Yeah. She probably hides out in her closet and listens to Sick and Wrong. But she's not completely rebelling because she's identifying herself as Mormon Susan or whatever she said. So, do you think Susan's Sarah. Mormon Sarah. Sarah. Mor- Mormon Sarah. Do you think Mormon Sarah is attractive? Are Mormon girls typically attractive? Oh, I think it's the normal proportion of everybody else. I think there's some that are attractive and some aren't. I mean, they're they're well-fed. They, you know, they they have families that have been, like, take care of themselves and stuff. So, well, so, yeah, she's probably hot. The reason I'm asking is because I'm having this mental image of her and her magical Mormon panties. Which <laughs> that I, have I been blessed even... by, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Mitt Romney? No, no, no. The, real, the original guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. <laughs> so, what I'm wondering, though, is do they make... I know we did a whole bit on the magical Mormon underwear. And we but was that before emails. 127 or after? Because she says she's only listened up to 127. Uh, dude, we did that Mormon bit like a year ago. Okay. But what she I'm wondering, though, offended. is... Okay, we've seen the Mormon underwear... That Mitt Romney wears and all that. But uh-huh. do they make Mormon panties? Uh, for women, you're saying? Well, or, No, I think it's just one unisex thing. Or freaky thing. Mormon men. I think it's <laughs> one unisex thing. Mormon trannies. <laughs> I think it's one unisex thing. I think that's kind of the point is everybody's like humble before resurrected American Jesus. So my question to Mormon Sarah, who I'm actually quite 
quite relieved to have a Mormon listening to the show. I think this is yeah. a great thing. Yeah, for we us. haven't bashed Mormons, and I don't. And know why I don't want to bash now. Mormons. I respect <laughs> Mormons and their their religious convictions. But I think it's great that uh, that Mormon Sarah's listening to the show. But just answer me this one question: Do you wear Mormon panties? I would like inquiring minds. Wondering. I would like Mormon Sarah to email in so we can call her and get an actual on the air interview because I want to get some back and forth, not just. I have many, many more questions than just the Mormon panties thing. What else do you want to know besides Mormon panties? <sighs> I'm not going to get into it right now, but if she'll call <laughs> in, we'll definitely get into it. All right, so so perhaps uh, we might have to have a call-in interview with Mormon Sarah. It's just thanks. a request. I mean, she doesn't have to, obviously. We appreciate her as just a listener. But Dude, think about it if she got caught by Jebediah or whatever <laughs> Mormon husband is. What would happen? Not, do they still do biblical stoning? Oh, uh, they may. In Utah? Yeah, they I may. Mean, I don't know. All right, thanks, Sarah, for calling in. Who else do we have here? Uh, moving from the Mormons to the transvestites. Here we go. Always happens. Hey, D. Lance, this is the trainee. Oh, I remember um, this guy. <laughs> Lance is right. You, you can change from a man to a woman and woman to a man. I'm changing from a woman to a man. I have no chest. I... Um, I'm on hormones. I sound act look like a man. I get um, I I get mistaken for a man all the time. And Does she have a baby in the background? <laughs> How much of a man is she? She what? actually impregnated a woman. Okay, wait. So this is this is. I think I recall this that this phone call is from a few weeks ago. Yeah. We were saying that she's not really a man because she's a woman that didn't have the surgery yet, but looks like a man. I don't remember if we what we thought was going on. I, I, I kind of recall. What and we was going figured on out whether this. she was male to female or female to male. She kind of has an androgynous well, she, voice. She says she's a woman that's becoming a man, but right. she gets mistaken for a man. But what I understand, what so what probably could happen? There could be. It's plausible that there could be a baby there because I mean she she sounds had like the she baby still previously. has the. Well, it sounds like she still has the female equipment. Yeah, I'm assuming that women who want to become men and are willing to go through the hormone thing and the surgery aren't really down with having a kid. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it's probably extremely disgusting to them. Well, you know what, though? I mean, you can't be a, a baby's daddy if you're going to be there with the kid. Right. Yeah. Well, let's hear what else she has and to say. I am gay. I like cock. I like fucking cock. I like fucking cock. I love cock. All right, I'm confused again. It's because of this gender bending. <laughs> Dude, what is going She's on really, here? Is she a she or is she a he? It is saying... <laughs> no, but this, this is a big thing. Because she's saying that as a man, she is gay. She likes dudes. So she was born a woman, likes dudes, as most women do, 90%, okay. if you believe this bullshit statistics that I just made up. Okay. <laughs> it sounded so official, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I think I've heard it. that. I think I've heard that like 10% of the population is I gay. know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so being born a woman, she likes men. She likes cocks. But she also wants to have a cock. So now when she becomes a man, she's going to be a gay man. Okay, so she likes cock. She's always liked cock. She's never been. She a still likes cock, and she still likes cock. So right. once she gets a cock, she's still going to continue to like cock. So basically, this is a gay man. We're yeah, but are gay men going to be down with that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe some will. Who knows? I, 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 let's hope, a, I mean, I hope a, it works out for. Her. I mean, I imagine there's someone, someone that's into that type of thing, or maybe another. Female, trans, male, trans, yeah, like maybe trans, a trans, cock. trans, 
relationship. Well, I'm sure there's other trans cocks out there that are like, well, I have a cock now too, and you have a cock, so right. Let's just like sword fight. You got to be open minded if you're going to go through this procedure. And, Definitely, yeah. it's a big step. I have never been with a woman in the bedroom. I just really love cock, um, and I am a pre-op FTM transsexual, not a transvestite. Transvestite dresses in the other person's clothes. Transgender and transsexual is changing gender. Um, and so it's like <laughs> I feel like we're being lectured here. Open up a freaking dictionary once in a while. I feel like I'm being chastised here. Yeah, is this in the dictionary? Go to a medical tranny website because you're online all day anyway. Um, <laughs> <You're>, okay, <laughs> it's over. So wait, one second. I love cock. I'm gay. I've always loved cock. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right. In defense of what I said last time about tranny Steve or whatever um, its name is, what I said last time is it was like you're not a transsexual till you have. The cock. So right now, your he claims chick, that that's not right. Your chick dressing in dude's clothing. Well, so yeah, no, but she's had her breasts removed or or reduced through hormone. I guess now that there's therapy, hormone therapy, she probably has facial hair. So she's she is actually changing her. He is changing his gender. So I stand corrected. He is not a transvestite. He is a transsexual. Right. Here's my problem. I love vaginas and boobs. <laughs> I know. I mean, as much as I've joked around about it. So if I were to decide that I want to become a transsexual, transgender, and get some boobs and a vagina of my own, you'd like never get me out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are you saying? You wouldn't, since you had your own... Yeah, you I wouldn't just need feel like to go find feel another my pair? titties up and finger banging <laughs> myself all the time. Dude, would you guys get longer hair or would you look the same? No, I'd go for the Pat Benatar look. <laughs> Is that what I have right now? Do I look like Pat Benatar? You don't really look like Pat Benatar. I'm just picturing Drew Carey with tits. It's just, Do it's, I look it's like Sigourney Weaver from like uh, the third Alien movie? I don't know. It's 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 just kind of scary. Do I, I look sexy I to you? Ellen, <laughs> I think Ellen would be a hotter lesbian than you there, Wackily. Well, I stand corrected there, um, Tranny Steve. And uh, yes, okay, you are transsexual. I fully buy that. I find uh, your you know whole uh, transformation to be quite fascinating. Though. Yeah, it's interesting. We're not so interested in the terms as like what's really physically going on. Like who, who cares what the fucking words are? Yeah, exactly. exactly. A rose by any other name would still have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the quote? Thanks for calling in. People call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846. Well, actually, we have some email we received this week that's kind of interesting. We got an email here from Chris, who wrote in, Dr. Death, still at large. He says, hey guys, some Jewish news you probably weren't aware of, or maybe you were. But it seems like at last, F.I.M. Zuroth, who's the world's top Nazi hunter, is there a better business card than this? I can imagine if there is. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah. Nazi hunter. But it's not like anybody's regulating what you put on your business card, so you could have one made up that said that. That's a good idea. <laughs> so I like the cut of your jib. Um, but it seems like at last, Efim Zurov, the world's top Nazi hunter, is hot on the trail of the 94-year-old Nazi, Erebert Heim, a.k.a. Dr. Death. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know if you read about this guy, but so uh, Zuroff, I had actually read about this dude before. Zuroff works for the Weizenthal Center. It's like a Holocaust um, museum. Sure. In, uh, in Israel. Yeah. And yeah, they, they have this whole like operation. It's an, organ- it's an operation within the organization here called Operation Last Chance. And it's an effort to bring aging war criminals to justice before they die. <laughs> Can you think of anything more futile than that? When you say justice, do you mean like bring them before the court or like run up and scare them so they just keel over and fall out of their walker and die? Israel doesn't even mess around. They hang those guys. Really? It's like if if Israel, Israel doesn't condone capital punishment, but for Nazis, they're being hung. Yeah. So this dude is just out there searching for these really old men now. Yeah, he doesn't have much time left. Uh, but, but anyway, this guy here, uh, uh, F, or, uh, uh, the Nazi, Dr. Death, Herbert Heim, was, I mean, he has a whole family. He was living in Chile. They found relatives. They had seen him like 30, you know, like a month ago. Yeah, so all those crowds moved to South America. He is hot on the trail. It's, you know, it's imminent that uh, Dr. Death is going to are, are South Americans, they just uh, identify with the whole Nazi thing so they don't care that there's Nazis among them? Or are they just not very perceptive? Or I, I don't know. How come all Dude, the how come the, all the Nazis did so well in South America? Like the boys from Brazil. You ever see that movie? No, I never actually saw that. Oh, that's a great movie. It's got uh, who's the guy from To Kill a Mockingbird? The big Gregory Peck. Yeah, at the end of it, like these Dobermans chew his face off. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Dude, I'm missing all these silver screen classics here. <laughs> that's actually in color, but uh, Technicolor. But so anyway, uh, th- I think these Nazis escape to South America, and they get into the whole coke trade. So all the uh, South Americans are like, oh, what's up, S.S.? This is cool. You got some good blow, gringo. <laughs> I don't think they S-A. care. <laughs> what's up, G.A.? Germanic American. <laughs> you got some good blow there, Nazi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, Chris here Their writes. Hitler mustaches have coke in it. <laughs> You, you, got, you got some white stuff there. Wipe it off. Your little Hitler stash. Uh, Chris writes in, this has got me thinking. Why the fuck is there not a reality TV show of this shit? A big burly moil wearing a yarmulke chasing an elderly senile Nazi down some Argentinian beach. Menorah in hand, ready to give him the ultimate and final bar mitzvah. Fuck dog the bounty hunter. This is must-see TV. And I couldn't say, I, I couldn't agree with him more. Would that be great to see the Nazi hunter reality TV? I think he's a little misguided when he says "fuck Dog the Bounty Hunter" because I've never seen an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter where he doesn't get his man. <laughs> Maybe they need to get Ephraim off the case and hire Dog, and then this whole thing would Actually, be over. That's a good idea. Maybe they should get Dog. <laughs> but no, I just think it's great though to see like this guy <laughs> with a yarmulke, this like angry Jew chasing down these like aged Nazis. Yeah, you know that are like. Towards the, you know, past the twilight years. They're pretty much dead yeah. in like a couple of years. Seriously, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just go like clap really loud behind their head while they're walking down the street in their walker. I think they should get like a Batman like kind of gadget menorah that like shoots out spikes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrew hammer that yeah. guy. Although World War II ended more than 60 years ago, uh, the, the Weizenthal Center continues to take on new cases as Nazi sightings surface. Apparently there's a lot of Nazis down there in South America. But I agree with you there, Chris. That would make a great reality show. I would watch it. So he says they kind of made a movie about it, right? The one with uh, are you thinking Eric of Banna? people? No, no, thinking... no, Eric Banner. But that wasn't a. It wasn't the Nazi. Yeah, thing. those are terrorists. Yeah, terrorist thing. Sorry. So <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. He to says here on a completely different note. You may remember me as the fourteen-year-old who uh, you refused to give Jeff's gamer tag to. 
in case I got molested via the internet. I guess it didn't occur to you that maybe this was exactly the kind of thing I was hoping for. You may not be abreast of the issues that plague the gay community, but glory holes are not always vacant, so we have to look to other avenues for our Friday night thrills. Trust Dee and Lance, hetero life mates, to cock block a brother in his hour of need. Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, we were looking out for the welfare of this adolescent. I was... Dude, my brother's a monster. Is he agreeing that he's 14? Is that what he's saying? Do we know that he's 14? You know, he has it in quotes, so I don't know if he was right. pretending to be 14. I mean, he says we're cock-blocking him. I, I was more trying to prison-block your brother. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was my goal. But you know what I find amazing is, how do you know you're gay when you're 14? He probably has never even seen a vagina. I think when you're jerking off, which if I remember correctly, when I was 14, I was doing about seven times a day. And you've got, like, uh, a Muscle Man magazine open. <laughs> you pretty much know. Yeah, Body, I guess that Bodybuilder Weekly. I guess that makes sense. But, you know, if you think about it, though, if he's 14, we don't want to hook him up with my brother anyway. I don't want my brother being sent away to, like, San Quentin. Right, prison block. Yeah, so I think Although your brother would probably enjoy it. <laughs> your brother's probably like, why you gotta prison block me, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I think he has some My one chance to go to prison and you fucking blocked it. Well, Chris, uh, in four years, call us back and I'll set up a rendezvous with my brother. I don't know. Yeah. You really don't want it. <laughs> if but you're okay. still interested. I don't know. Did you actually look at the picture of my brother? Look at it again. Well, It's the on the website. <laughs> the problem is Jeff is photogenic, so the pictures look much better than he actually really looks. Dude, he still looks like a 60-year-old crackhead. Right, but just still process what I said. He looks like a 60-year-old <laughs> crackhead, and that's his photogenic picture. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris, for uh, writing in. We'll see what we can do. Apologize for the cock-blocking. Finally, here we got an email from S, uh, who says, Hey, Dean Lance, if you've got the time and are interested, visit cakefarts.com. It's about, well, really doesn't need any explanation, does it? Cheers, and keep up the only podcast worth listening to. Uh, in fact, it does. Did you go to this website? Dude, I, you know, I found it. It was posted on the forum by uh, Farty Face. I eat, wrote, I eat a lot of cake, and it doesn't make me fart. Well, you know, he wrote Farty Face. Wrote a, the, 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 the title of the thread was, If this doesn't give you a boner, you're a fag. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that sounds enticing. I went and checked it out, clicked on Cake Farts. And dude, I got to admit... I chubbed out to that. You, did you find that arousing at all? <laughs> yeah, well, you blew my cover. I did actually watch it. I guess it's very arousing. <laughs> Dude, it's a hot chick. The chick was hot. Farting on a cake. Well, you know what bothered me about it, though? I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed looking at her sphincter forcing out farts and the chocolate, and I think a couple other Well, people... you're a frosting fan more than anybody I know. But I share... Like, whenever we have a cake for somebody's birthday and you're there, you always eat all the frosting. Well, that's but after of... I farted on it. None of the cake. <laughs> but... This is what I want for my next birthday, is this chick to come and fart on my cake. But I echo the sentiment of a few people that posted there saying, I would lick that icing off her asshole. And yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I probably would too. But what bothered me about cakefarts.com uh -huh. is that I put forth, I don't know, countless effort, like countless times, I put forth effort to make a viral video. You know, I came up with Law Christ and uh, whatever, <laughs> what have you, the yeah, whole litany whatever, nobody of viral videos it that no viral. one notices. All it takes is a hot, half-naked chick to fart on a piece of cake. 
That's uh-huh. all it takes. Yeah. I know. It was kind of disheartening. Well, Sorry. you're not hot or a chick. So yeah, what are you I've been do? trying to get my girlfriend to do it. Cake but you too. can't. So <laughs> she won't. I mean, this is why you <laughs> fail as a viral video maker. I fail miserably at it. But uh, thank you, S. Uh, we're well aware of cakefarts.com. And Actually, people, can, I if, just, can I just point out, I think where you're going wrong is trying to get your girlfriend <laughs> to do it for free. You know what I'm saying? You need to get a prostitute to do it, and you have to pay her. I'm Jewish. <laughs> Did you not realize? You know what I'm saying? Do you want to be Jewish, or do you want to be the viral video guy? I guess I'm going to have to cough up a couple bucks here. <laughs> Good Two point. dollars, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Well, uh, thank you, S. And uh, people, if you haven't checked out Cake Farts, I don't know if you live in a hole or never go on the internet. But, Seriously. Uh, cakefarts.com is where it's at. Uh, go check out the S Sick and Wrong Forum. It's a good time. There's been some great posting. Cake Farts is case in point. And uh, thank you for all the comments that people have left on iTunes. And give us a vote on Podcast Alley. We're going to be being beaten right now by the... Uh, being beaten by the audio, the Bible podcast. Happens every month. So uh, the sick and, song, sick and Wrong Song of the Week here comes from Eric. He says, here's my submission for the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Dirt Nasty Animals. There are just not enough songs about bestiality out there. But uh, yeah, here's uh, we're going to end the show with uh, Dirt Nasty. He's great. Uh, people, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back with episode 133. Till then, take a sleazy. And smell you later. I'm an animal lover. Yeah. My dog knows. Every single night I fuck her asshole. While the cat just stares. And videotapes it underneath the chair. And my bird is fuzzed. Cause he's locked in a cage and he beaks at my nuts. Snakes got weird pussies. It's like putting your dick in a bigger dick that's juicy. I gave a roofie to a monkey. She got bananas in the koozie. Have you ever fucked a falcon after you? You come, they fly to the mountains. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. I can't hang at the zoo, cause they caught me. Banging a kangaroo I got an ostrich with awkward tits That sucks my cock in the office, bitch Hey yo, who that dude over there? But new, with his tube and a polar bear That's me, dirt nasty Sheep in the mirror, dick in the butt cheeks Gorillas in the mist know When I come to the Congo, grab the dildos The great outdoors Mother Nature, what a fucking whore. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'll be good to you. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. The best part about fucking a horse is after. He rides you to the forest Penguin pussy cold as fuck And I hold the bill when I bone a duck Meet me at Kinko's By the copy machine With my dick and a pink flamingo uh, Candlelight dinner with a goose Whisper in her ear Is your butthole loose? She said I 
smacked her. I'm a Oakland cracker. I fell in love with a fat ass cow. Now we getting married. Damn shout. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. I'm an animal lover, an animal lover. I'm an animal lover, and I never use rubber. This song is dedicated to you, Scruffy. I love you.